everyone. Dabba dabba dan, dabba dabba dan, dabba dabba dan. Welcome to another episode of Discuss All Monsters. I'm your host, Giant of Light, Wyatt. And who is here with me today? Uh, me, Nikki, and uh, Wyatt, uh, uh, and I had the exact same idea for <laughs> <laughs> for an intro thing. So, uh, you know, Wan Dava Dava Da, Waba Dava Da, I'm here too. Uh, <laughs> Waba and, uh, Dava Dava Dava, whatever. <laughs> and today we also have a guest with us. I'll guest stream this! Um, hello everyone, this is, uh, Lou, um, uh, aka strongest human on twitter and a few other places it's uh very nice to be here was invited on the podcast for today and i'm happy to be here with uh, two good buddies of mine known for quite a while yeah, yeah yeah we've known we've known lou for many years probably like seven or eight years yeah, golly, <laughs> wow. since like right. since like tumblr i oh, think yeah, no. yeah, yeah since the golly. since the good old tumblr days I, I remember the first time i became aware of your existence was when i was first getting into uh I think it was when I was first watching Jew Ranger, oh. uh, and you were also watching Jew Ranger and got to the the excellent Dora Bronkan episodes. Oh God! Uh, oh God! And we're posting about them. The nightmare. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those episodes rule. They do. Uh, but yeah, so but you're not just like one of our friends. You're also somebody who, you know, you're not. I don't think in an official capacity, though it could be wrong. But you've done a ton of fan subbing work uh, for the Tokusatsu community, and like your subs were the basis for the official discotheque release of Just Yeah, Beyond. I was actually I was indeed the editor on uh, Mega Beast Investigator Just Beyond, which uh, discotheque put out uh, about two years ago. It's now streaming a lot of places, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've gotten involved with doing a lot of you know subtitling projects here and there. Um, you know, it goes on and off. There are certain times that, you know, uh, throughout the years, it's t it takes a while to get on things. But, you know, over the years, still got some projects we're working on and going through. Got mm -hmm. into, um, God, and it's it's been fun, too, because, you know, I've been a big Tokusatsu fan since, golly, I, it's coming up to, like, fit, literally about a little over 15 years now. Um, wow. And it's, yeah. it's kind of fun to see how much this the landscape of the community has changed and how much it's expanded because i look at these days with you know we get a lot of these official releases here in america and to a lesser extent in europe but i'm still hoping for more and it's it it blows my mind um how mm. and being able to help and contribute to that in any way has really been a a, a fun thing it's been something that really warms my heart seeing that i could do a little bit and it really has also been something that's gotten me to, you know, keep wanting to learn Japanese and keep wanting to learn and expand my skills and expand my knowledge. And it's just fun to see this community grow. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad we can have you on in our, in our podcast talking about Toho movies and Godzilla and stuff. But today for a special April Fool's Day episode, this time we're not doing weird improv like we did last time with the Bambi versus Godzilla episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this time we are doing something that's related to what we talked about, but not necessarily a Godzilla movie. Uh, Nikki and I decided what would be an extremely fun episode to do is the Hideaki Anno version of Return of Ultraman. Now, uh, you said before that Tokusatsu has been 
coming more and more to the West. Uh, we've got recently gotten a ton of Ultraman mm-hmm. series thanks to Mill Creek. One of them is Return of Ultraman. Uh, and a lot of people might know, if they're fans of Evangelion, that that series, in a lot of ways, had a huge influence on Hideaki Anno. Uh, so much so that he decided to make his own fan film about it. So yes, indeed. that is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, is the the early eighties Hideakiano pre Gainax, pre everything, just Daikon four era fan film. That is Return of Ultraman. So before before we get into this, does this also mean we have to uh, all sit down and watch a bunch of Ideon too? And um, <laughs> in, our, in our college dorms. Uh, right, kinda, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish. You know, does Ideon have a uh, official release? In... It, does, it does. It does. It's out of print, but it does. Um, it's streaming, though. Yeah, it's, streaming, uh, though. <laughs> it's on Blu-ray, though. It's on Blu-ray, though. Like, you can... I feel like, like sometimes... Or at least for a time, it was on right stuff, like, a couple years ago. Maybe even okay. last year. But but uh, it's not it's not in print right now. But I, I, I was damn near close to, to buying it like several times just you can you can stream it though it's on a uh, high dive and verve and sick uh, thank god high dive exists there <laughs> they have a ton of weirdo anime Otto on would there. be proud yeah and you and you can watch legend of the galactic heroes without spending like 800 dollars on yeah <laughs> <laughs> or torrenting <laughs> so yeah this is a very strange artifact but one that's very sweet and near and dear to me uh i first learned about it from blue blazes the uh yeah the j-drama show uh which is a <laughs> probably totally accurate retelling of the creation of gynax and the blazing traps for student um where in one episode there is a screening of this film uh and there's like a mock recreation of it the main character like gushes about how incredible it is and Anno himself kind of serves as a sort of rival character uh in it uh but how about you guys where did you learn about it and also like maybe what are some of your initial first thoughts on this uh before we get into more general discussion like what are your first thoughts on this uh, I just want to mention uh, real quick and everything. Uh, well, I also learned about it from Blue Blazes, so I think my story is actually very similar to yours. But mm. I also want to mention um, the actor that played Ano in that series uh, also played Nanba in Yakuza Seven. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, he so looked exactly like him. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that would be why is because it's it's Hideki Ano from Blue Blazes. But uh, I forget his name, but. It's the same actor because I was sitting there. There was a there was a moment when I was playing that game and I I was playing it for like ninety hours. But like, I was sitting there. I was like, "Who is him? Like, who is this guy? Who is him?" <laughs> I said, yeah, but, and uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was trying to figure out who, like where I re- recognized him from, and then I looked him up and I was like, "Oh shit, Blue Blazes, of course, that's where I knew him from." But uh, yeah. So uh, uh, wonderful show. Watch it. Uh, find it. It's incredible. Uh, it's like such a good show (laughs) but um uh yeah i learned about this and i was like wow that's like perfect that he did this like it's it's like poetic that he did Mm. this and then went on to make evangelion and then now uh things have come full circle with uh shin ultraman happening uh and uh you could you could say that this episode 
is us laying the seeds for an eventual Shin Ultraman episode in like a couple years when we eventually get to modern day times. We're still in the 60s, guys, so it's going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, once once we get to, you know, past Shin, Shin Godzilla, we're going to we're going to also probably tag along and do uh, Shin Ultraman as well. But uh, yeah, uh, my, my initial thoughts on this is that uh, it's incredibly fucking impressive. Like like. The way everything is shot, the uh, the way they kind of modify the Ultraman uh, episode structure to kind of mm. fit a short film and to really keep it laser focused on the actual like uh, on Matt instead of like you know like a monster of the week sort of thing, mm-hmm. I think is pretty intelligent uh, to kind of make the scope that focused and uh i like the episode breaks like it's very stylistically like they're taking a lot from return of ultraman but it's also not that much like the show return of ultraman so they're very much putting their own mark on it uh and i think that's really impressive and honestly whenever i'm watching this i'm seeing a lot of like more than i'm seeing like a tribute to return of ultraman i'm just seeing the beginnings of hideki ano and how much he is inspired by and, and borrowing from directors like Akio Josoji from their work on Ultraman and uh, uh, the, just the very, uh, very drastic, very interesting directing choices and shot choices uh, throughout. But uh, yeah, Lou, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Well, um, and, to start yeah. out of how I found out about it, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I think I knew of the special not the special excuse me the fan film uh i want to say back golly it would have been around i think oh six oh seven uh i Mm. i want to say it was around the time i was also kind of first getting into tokusatsu and also first learning about and really getting into uh watching evangelion for the first time and I did see mm-hmm. at least some stills were out there of obviously the the famous thing of Anno in the Ultraman Jack kind of hoodie yeah. and sweatshirt. <laughs> and I I knew kind of obviously I didn't know too much about either franchise at the time nor about Anno that much. And then fast forward obviously as the years have gone by and um, it's funny you both should mention Blue Blazes which is a I will also vouch as a wonderful show. I actually just the past few weeks have been going through it with a friend of mine. So mm, I also mm. got to watch the the wonderful reenactment slash parody of his actual film as shown in the as shown in the episode where uh, Hono, who is obviously a parody slash homage to the writer Shima uh, Kazuhiko Shimamoto, I think it is. Um, yeah obviously freaks out and Anna was so dead serious about it. So I, I always expected <laughs> that it would be a lot more silly than it is, but finally watching it today, I was honestly, I was very impressed as uh, Nikki was mentioning. Um, the big thing is that there's a lot of love put into this. It's, it's mm. done yeah. with a very much kind of as straight faced as possible, but there's still kind of that wink and nod sense of, yeah. of humor to it. Obviously at, especially at the climax, but I was honestly blown away by just how ambitious this was and how caringly crafted this was while kind of feeling like it was doing its own thing and doing obviously a very much a fan tribute 
while also just being amazed and looking like this is this is a fan project this is just just a bunch of like college kids putting something together i'm amazed at this like yeah this is actually I really something special for especially at the time i mean even oh yeah even yeah. looking at it as worn out as like the footage is i was just i was honestly impressed like it's a fun time I uh, it's not exactly accurate to Return of Ultraman. Oh, no, stuff. No. I want to know how those. Uh, well, I was I was gonna say I, I want to know how they got, uh, they got together those Ultra Guard uniforms. I was gonna say yeah, because this uh, is very much a seven. Yeah. It feels a lot more like seven in tone than yeah. Return. But 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 those uniforms are really oh, impressive, yeah. and I'm like, man, where do where do these kids get these? And stuff like, it's it's really nice looking stuff, but uh. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. mentioned Jisoji too, and I was gonna say you took the words out of my mouth there. This this screamed mm -hmm. kind of Jisoji vibes all over, and that is a very good thing to me. Like you can tell mm. they were very thoughtful about what they were doing. Yeah, oh, Jisoji yeah. is a legend. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, these these are nerds that have studied this thing. Like that's kind of the feeling that I got where it's the it's yeah. the inverse of uh how it was presented in Blue Blazes, mm -hmm. where it's like a goofy thing but then this like very intense guy made it where it feels like yeah. these goofy college kids made something that was like cool and serious for fun you know yeah. like it, it feels like that like they they're silly and doing something that that may seem frivolous but they're putting their all into it it's a very uh, and making it like parody. try to be yeah it, it's very legitimate and like there's some parts of it where i'm like how did they do that oh god yeah. <laughs> you know like how did they do that with that with the budget and like i shouldn't have been so surprised because if you've seen the daikon 4 animation oh yeah baby holy shit <laughs> like that that thing is like so ridiculously good and copyright breaking uh, but you know it, it's like one of the best like pieces of animation ever you know like yeah made by fans you know, so, like, these are not untalented, like, just kids in the backyard making a thing. These, right. these are people, these are, like, very intense nerds that may not have the best budget and right. may not be able to put together an Ultraman suit with a mask, but they are able to, they put together a pretty good monster. Oh, I was going to say, that yeah. monster suit is amazing to look at, and I yeah. really want to know how they did that. Yeah, it, it it is it is crazy. It, it it it's it's really impressive looking, but it's also and this is partly the video quality on the the YouTube rip that yes. we watched, but it's also one of those things that like it's partly scary because it's like hard to conceive of. Like it looks like like there's some parts of it that kind of look like a weird mess of like a bunch of like weird spiky bits and stuff. Uh so it's not like a very it's not a simple design. It's it's kind of like a weird precursor to like what you would get in some '90s monster designs where they got very mm -hmm. ornate and very uh, kind of out there with some of the the uh, some of the the like the the Heisei Ultra stuff mm -hmm. and everything where where they kind of just like really went over the top of some of these like dragon monsters having like six wings and like all mm -hmm. these like you know ornate spikes and everything but uh yeah super incredible stuff uh on the monster front and also the fucking plane models yeah i i think the i want someone to make a toy of the plane from this fucking thing because it's not it's not the same thing as like the matte stuff they were doing in return of ultraman and stuff this is like its own kind of unique thing of i believe 
and like the 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 battery like sliding out that was so cool when like they the, eject it yeah and it smashes yeah. into the building i was gonna say that is yeah, one of my the favorite weight. effects and yeah. how they did that was incredible and i i was i was the same way i kept thinking that whatever mm-hmm. models because I'm, I'm gonna assume either they they had to have either had like somebody used like some plastic models as a, like a kit bash mm-hmm. i kept wondering if it, i kept thinking is it maybe a uh I got a bit of a vibe of like a core fighter from Gundam, to right? A bit of it, and yeah. I'm wondering if it was maybe that. I'm not sure. Of, I'm not as familiar with say, um, the original Yamato. I wondered if it might have been right. like a fighter from that. It felt familiar but very different, and it's just yeah. really cool. Like you can tell yeah. they went all out with that, and it's so neat to see like the mechanism sliding for the cockpit or again like you mentioned like ejecting that battery was one of the coolest things i've seen in a long time of just smashing into all those buildings and that even made me think of like what you would see in ava with a lot of the gear that that's what i was just about to say Mm -hmm. took the words right out of my mouth yeah it's like the guns (laughs) and the 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 cords and shit and ava and stuff there's a lot of ava isms in here especially with like the flashing like displays mm-hmm. and the the like star wars stuff and like the the like cockpits really cool mm-hmm. shit going on i kept like, thinking design that, wise yeah i kept thinking that I, I literally thought at first that it was footage of the uh the death star trench run when i first saw mm-hmm. it and it wasn't until later i saw there were like some personalized um readouts like about i think the, the area and saw in the credits that they did get somebody to work on the cg um, that I was like, wow, mm. how did they, how did they pull that off? Because I was legit at first thinking, did they just like film an arcade cabinet? Did they just? I, that's yeah. really cool wireframe work. It's just really yeah, neat. The, yeah, the vector computer stuff. That was the first moment I was like, holy shit, hold on, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're putting in work here. And then like when they tease the monster, I'm like, oh shit, did they actually get a monster? And then eventually when it uh, makes like a more full appearance, even though it is, again, uh, very cleverly disguised with different camera shots. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they have a full on monster and they gave it a name. And I looked because I, I, I did not watch uh, Return of Ultraman. I know that Nikki right. did. I, yep. uh, I'm, not, I have also... I'm not sure if you have. I have. Okay. I have. Okay. How does this compare to an average episode of it, Return of Ultraman? It's very... It's very different. Um, I could mm-hmm. get vibes of what... Like with Return of Ultraman, when you're looking at that show, that was really the series that in a lot of ways established a lot of the groundwork for the Showa era of Ultra, the revival. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that was you did get kind of that straight-faced, no-nonsense demeanor to a degree with like the team, with Matt and with uh, Go Hideki and all but but the tone in return of ultraman is is a lot less melodramatic i'd say it's still serious but i would say the biggest part of the tone here felt more like ultra 7 um yeah yeah i think it's ultra 7 but with a main character that kind of felt more uh uh scrappy and down on his luck uh, similar in a way to Go, mm-hmm. so it's like if you transplanted Go and replaced him with Dan mm-hmm. in a uh, 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 in Seven and stuff. But yeah, like the the darkness and the the and even the theming of the episode with like a uh, uh, with them considering using nuclear uh, weapons. 
that is like ripped straight out of an Ultra Seven oh, yeah. plot. Like is uh, is is them going? We're gonna use nuclears and stuff because we can't we can't handle this and stuff. And then the main character going, no, we can't and stuff and like like trust and like they can't say it, but you get the impression it's like trust me, I know better than you guys. You can't fuck with this and stuff. You mm. really do not want to use thermonuclear weapons on this thing and stuff. So that that's that conflict is incredibly ultra seven, especially the latter half. Whenever you start getting more and more like serious episodes. Um, and there's like an episode of return of Ultraman. That I remember being similar to that, but return of Ultraman is a, there was out of the three, out of the first three ultra episode, uh, ultra series that I would say return of Ultraman is like the most, uh, jovial, the most like kind of fun and, uh, has like the least, uh well never mind there's like a there's a couple there's a couple two or three parters in there that are pretty intense say, emotionally but yeah like if you're going for uh, the most light one i'd still say the original ultraman is probably the most the original fun yeah and fun and kind of like fantasy i <laughs> i think my home is earth just sticks out way too oh, much in my head so I'm, just, so I'm just like man that's a bummer but <laughs> <laughs> but, then, yeah. but then you mentioned like because i was thinking tonight about like return of ultraman i think about the the literal christmas two-parter with knackle and oh god yeah uh, but yeah that one's that one's right I, I was gonna say though what i do love is that they're doing they're doing this very serious plot but they're doing it so tongue-in-cheek in a way that i i still was chuckling like we've got the the one mm. who's basically the commander with and i didn't notice this till the end he's got the spray silver hair um to kind of give him like the, <laughs> the old crystal look and i was loving yeah. all the melodrama about my son is out there shingo i will avenge you um, right, and it's like you're just seeing these college students, and it's like God bless them, they are going dead, just straight faced with this, and it's so wonderful because yeah. it does feel right at home with something that you would see in that era of Ultraman. Yeah, man, yeah, that the this whole production, like the the amateurness, the amateurishness, uh, does bring up the charm level a lot. I took note that like s some actors are good, but there's a couple that are pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> and th that's kind of like that's like the commander is one that's like not super good, and uh, you know there yeah the this but the straight faced and like the dedication to it it really does like drive home that fan film feel as well as the uh, you can tell that it's shot on like eight millimeter mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh, even with the very poor quality of the YouTube version, like uh, you can tell, it was definitely like a, not a professional camera equipment used to to film everything. So though things like that bring it up, but then like it also makes the things that are really good surprise you, like the miniatures and like the the monster suits, and even like if we can get into it, the final, like, the fight oh, yeah. with Ultraman and the monster uh, is, like, I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it's a big dude, but I can still, like, man, it's, you still feel like, you know, I feel like maybe I'm just quoting that scene from Blue Blazes, but, like, because they shoot at those low angles and, and they convey that sense of weight, so well it really does feel yeah. like it's it does two big guys duking it out yeah even though they don't have the money they understand 
the visual language of tokusatsu so yeah. well that they're mm. able to emulate it and still make you feel that even though you're very much just looking at a guy in a hoodie and stuff yeah. instead of Ultraman. I was going to say uh, also another another charming thing that I just loved was uh, they replaced the Ultra Eye from like Ultra 7 with just Hideki Otto's yeah. glasses. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> I love that gag, too. Because that, yeah. that scene and just doing the whole, um, the classic Ultra 7 kind of the stop, you know, the frame-by-frame frame transformation, just turning yeah. him into Anno and just, and looking at Anno back then is the funniest thing on Earth to me, just with like the yeah. curly mm. hair, just this lanky dweeb, which yeah, is so wonderful. Joy, he had joy in his soul. <laughs> yeah. he had joy, but he's so, he's so exactly what you would think of with Anno, it's just like, just straight faced serious as hell and he is doing these mm. ridiculous like motion for motion classic like ultraman <laughs> yeah. movements yeah with the slow-mo and i you, you can rich. tell he practiced you can tell <laughs> yeah. like yeah uh i also love uh but i love that even with the charming goofy stuff like actually just using the dude's glasses or whatever you still get like artistry in it where like the guy throws the glasses aside and everything because he doesn't know what to do and so and then you get the shot through the glasses looking at him from below that's such a cool it is. shot it's so and so, like like <laughs> yeah like like they they still had to flex even though they were kind of goofing off with the glasses thing but uh there's one no yeah and then the the, the there's one later too, yeah. isn't there, with like a reflection in like sunglasses? Is it either his eyes or sunglasses mm. from one character mm. as well? I think I think the the commander puts on sunglasses and then you get like a like a reflection coming off. I think um, the 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 final fight though is incredible too, and uh, uh, I think we get uh, another taste of some of the animation stuff going on with the the like displays and everything with mm -hmm. the uh, the shields and the rays and everything. The the mm -hmm. The animation of the sh of the monsters like shield like breaking is like really yeah. good looking. It's kind of better looking than some of the stuff that actually was in Ultraman. In, in yeah, some, no, I was, at, I was gonna say this this legitimately looks far better than Red Man in every single <laughs> way. <laughs> oh my Don't god! Don't tell him that he's gonna come I, after you. Oh. <laughs> god, I I I mean I mean okay, this is a bit like stupid because like i'm just saying out here that i'm listening to my own podcast but i listened back to that christmas yeah. episode where we talked about red man again fuck man like i just got so many flashbacks of like <laughs> of like holy shit dude red man is fucked up it's fucking fucked up dude <laughs> like it's I'm, not I'm just saying i'm just saying uh shin red man when um oh yeah. dude yeah <laughs> Give that's it what it should have been well, well, have you guys seen the trailer for that Seven Gar like, I like web series? I need to see the full trailer. I've heard it's basically just they're doing Red Man but with Seven Gar, and I'm like, they're doing, they're doing Red Man but with Seven Gar, and Seven Gar is fucking hilariously like cute and stuff, and he's just sitting there beating the shit out of monsters <laughs> in a field. I'm so and glad. So, like, I'm so glad that that Zet was such a success. So now we've got just this wonderful yeah. meme robot baby, who is the yeah. murder baby now. Um, there's even there's even a bit in the trailer where Zet's like form that looks like Red Man oh God. shows up. So like so so they know they know exactly the fuck what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, is real. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta I gotta mention going back to to the to the monster suit. One thing that I I really thought was a cool touch, and really stuck out to me is there's a certain shot, I think where it's like it's it's leaning over 
uh, Ado Man, as I will affectionately call him, but uh, <laughs> Ultraman. And it's very gooey. Like, there's, like, something dripping out of its mouth. I couldn't tell if it was, like, kind of like almost like a gum substance yeah. or glue. And I kept thinking it almost looked like it wasn't an intentional thing, but I think it was. It's just, it works. It's, like, really icky. It's really yeah. creepy looking, especially on that kind of washed out film. I'm like, huh, that's, that's a good effect. <laughs> Matt, I've got a great idea for a podcast. You and me, we watch movies, right? And some of them are kind of bad, and so we make fun of them. But maybe some of them are good. Chris, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And eat snacks. Movie Fighters, an original idea on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh boy, I can't wait for Future History 101 today. I hear Prof Timesworth is going to teach us about World War VI. Gather round, students. It is time to learn. Podford University, where history and future are the same class. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. It's just so impressive, like, on basically every level. I think the only thing, and honestly, I just got to give them respect because, like, look, you got to skimp on something. I love that they just they just used music from Return of Ultraman. Mm. Like, like they just ripped it straight from the show and were just like, they just didn't care. Some classical music here and there, but it's mostly just Return of Ultraman music that they just, Including... like, pasted in there. Including the the mat theme with the yeah, which I heard for the first. I haven't watched Return of Ultraman, but I did watch Ultraman X, and it does make an appearance in that. Yeah, I believe like kind of early on, maybe. I can't remember the exact moment that it plays, but I was like, ah, oh, that's the song from the thing I know. Um, <laughs> Ultraman X is a it's a pretty solid series. I don't think yeah, it's like, like X. incredible, but like there's the final monster is really cool. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That thing is really fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, this the music that definitely I was like, yeah, this is definitely reused music. Was the vocal track something from? Uh, I was Return wondering Ultraman about well, that because I had never heard that song before. I, I I had I hadn't heard that, so that actually might be something they might have commissioned. I don't know. I or, think that might something. be like a, I don't know. an insert. That might be like a, a song because that sounded like um, God, what's his name? Uh, fuck, what's this actor's name? Um. <laughs> Girodan, Girodan. Um, oh right, because yeah. he sang the Return of Ultraman theme song. I, I'm wondering if that is another song that was like put out there on the, yeah, on the vinyl like or something vinyl that was something out. Like that, because it sounded yeah. like it, it didn't sound like they had done that originally. That did sound like it would have been yeah. an, an official song. 
Sound pretty professional, yeah. Yeah, the big band orchestra. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not sure if they would get it together to do that. I mean, like, even with the Daikon 4 uh, thing, they used, like, uh, an existing prog rock song for the... Which is awesome. That song rules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, so, so they're not beyond using copyrighted material... Well, Clearly, yeah. it's that lawless era. Or like the background music. It's it's that era oh, where yeah. you can where anything went and then copyrights existed, and uh... yeah, sad. Uh, and it's like right at the beginning of the bubble, uh, so like that might be why these college students had enough money to put in all this time and effort into all this stuff. Uh, so, you know cool i i absolutely i loved it i'm glad we decided to talk about it and not do like a joke like we did last year oh, no. yeah with yeah our, with our ridiculous like oh, no. hour-long improv session about yeah yeah godzilla yeah. versus bambi where yeah. we pretend <laughs> that it's like a, an awesome art movie yeah, yeah we, we we start off kind of plainly explaining a little bit of what it is and then we just go completely insane uh though though uh, uh, get ready for the improv to make a to make a roaring comeback whenever we talk about the Godzilla NES creepy pasta. Uh, or <laughs> no, next year. That's like that's so long. Have you like have you seen how long that creepy? That it might be the longest creepy pasta in existence. There's no way that's the longest. <laughs> that can't be the longest. There, there, there's got There's got to be some Five Nights at Freddy's one that's, that's like true. that's yeah. like longer than War and Peace or and something. Then I looked at yeah, Five no, Freddy man, and then he said Godzilla real and run. <laughs> Orga, Orga, a... stole my wife. There was um, a Loud House fan fiction that's the longest piece <laughs> oh, of like, yeah. English literature. <laughs> that's what that makes me think of. <laughs> oh God. Uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, but <laughs> anyway, so real quick though, because we've been talking about a lot about Anno. What, like, who is Anno to you, and like, how do you feel about him and, and the things that he's made, and like, what do you take from this? into things like Gunbuster and Ava and Sheen Godzilla and things like that. Kare Kano, if, if one of those. <laughs> it, it, it's actually a, a great sin that I have not seen uh, Gunbuster yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but, you uh, should uh, do that. I know, I know, I gotta get on <laughs> to it. So, it's but, it's uh, tough good. in this day and age because it's, it's hard to actually get a copy of it now. So, But you should yeah. get on it if you can. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna pirate that shit. <laughs> but, but, uh, um, uh, uh, but I'm, I, I really like Ano. I think, I think stylistically, he speaks to a lot of uh stuff that that I find aesthetically really appealing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I also like things like big bold text and LED displays and. Uh, or not even LED, but like fucking like uh, 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 I don't know, like the 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 little light up like fucking like clock displays. It's like a phosphorescent or whatever. But like, uh, just I love I love a lot of the things. I think I think Anno really likes to to use a lot and everything. And uh, I think um, with even Galleon, uh, I I felt, and I, as a lot of people did and stuff whenever they first watched it you feel understood in a way because it's able to talk very 
plainly and uh, very uh, evocatively about uh, mental illness and about uh, loneliness and, and, and things like that. So Evangelion means a lot to me. And End of Evangelion, I think, is a really incredible piece of work uh mm. as as this this like movie about art and a but also like that also serves as 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 an ending of some sort to its mm. own material um i have not watched i think i've watched rebuild one so i'm not really sure about the rebuilds because i haven't really experienced them though uh, i'm saving them for for a particular rain or rainy day uh sometime in the future here before the uh uh three plus one uh fucking uh movie comes out in the states uh i i i mm -hmm. i have all the fucking i have every evangelion term i could possibly think of muted on twitter because i don't want to know anything yeah. <laughs> before going into that but uh shin godzilla though was really special seeing that in theaters and uh i think and shin godzilla i think is one of my favorite films uh at least in the past decade, spoilers. like like uh, spoilers for our <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, two years, yeah, Shin, two or three years. Shin Godzilla is incredible and uh, 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 really impressed me in a huge way. And I need to see some of Vano's live action work as well. But I am out of my mind excited for Shin Ultraman. I think Shin Ultraman might be the most excited for a movie I've been in years. Uh, and uh, I. You know, watching this makes me only more excited for how that's going to turn out. Seeing things kind of come full circle for him to make an actual, you know, huge, big budget statement on the series. Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 to kind of, and for that to be like his first thing post-Evangelion. To really kind of see where his career goes after that. And yeah. uh, uh, what <laughs> what he plans to get into and stuff. I would love to see him do a bunch of live action stuff and a bunch of tokusatsu stuff, but you know, that's just me being selfish, but uh, no, yeah, his, his work means a lot to me and stuff, even though I've not watched all of it, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's enough of me talking. Yeah. What about you, Lou? How, how, what does Ano mean to you? Like, why do you feel about this going? Like, how does it paint your perspective of the future stuff that he's done? And you know, does it give you any appreciation of it? And how do you feel about him as like a figure in like the the anime and film industry? Um, well, when I when I look at it from here, um, my my path with Anno has always been a very a very interesting one for me because uh, when I was a kid, when I was in like high school ish, and I I finally kind of watched Evangelion. And I, I literally mm -hmm. kind of forced myself to think, oh, it's not that good, because you know, friends are like, oh my god, yeah. it was so whitey. Blah, blah, blah. Um, when I when I went and rewatched it, and when I really went and looked back at his stuff, Anno is very much like one of his own, ironically, um, one of his his mentors and a friend, a good friend of his, Hayao Miyazaki, in that he's mm -hmm. very much a man who will provoke. He will say what he wants to say. He will do what he wants to do, and it's it's hard to get a read on him at first. Uh, I used to think he was kind of very much this. Uh, pardon my French. I used to think he was kind of an asshole, like where he stuck up when I was yeah. when I was like in my college days. As I went and I rewatched Ava, and as I got to know both his opinions and his works, I've grown to really love what Anno does. Uh, I think that he 
uh, between that and also obviously watching Gunbuster, and um, I kind of saw him as somebody who does what he would like to do. It's it's kind of he writes for himself. He wants to do something, but he wants to do it in earnest. He doesn't he doesn't half-ass anything, and mm. I th I think mm. sometimes it some uh, most of the time it does really well. Um, Evangelion when I rewatched it. You know, when I kind of looked at it on its, both on its own and as a tribute to everything that Anno and company love, it's a great series. It is, honestly, it it's worthy of all the praise it gets. It's got these complex characters, these abstract designs, these wonderful fights and wonderful set pieces, and literally working against budget, working against time, and kind of letting mm -hmm. his own ideas evolve over time. Um you look at End of Evangelion, obviously, whether you want to look at that as kind of his passive aggressiveness or as his kind of further building off of things that he you know, loved and do something very shocking, you can see that there. And when I when I watched this, when I watched this uh, the short film, I could really see that this is coming from the mind of somebody who really is passionate about what he does. He's very mm. focused on the details. He's very focused on what he loves to do. And he wants to just put all his passion into that. Um, I saw that further with um, Rebuild, I'd, I would say, for me. And it's re the Rebuild series is something that I am also going to need to rewatch. Is that I both feel that passion, but also feel kind of like making trying to make the money. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of yeah. like that well, point where I feel like he was kind of coasting. But at the same time, from what I've heard of how things end with... 3.0 plus 1.0, it's very much also him doing what he likes to do. And I would also say that that was the case with um, with Shin Godzilla, which was which was wonderful. I would say Shin Godzilla is like you like you said is one of my favorite movies of the past decade. Seeing that in theaters was was a joy, and seeing yeah, how yeah. he has incredible a very, experience. Oh, it is, and how he has a <laughs> yeah. very much a visual identity. He he has an identity to what he does. And I think it's great. I think the guy really knows what he loves to do. And I think that behind all of that stoicness, that very provocative behavior that he does, there is a there is a sense of humor. There is a sense of just mm. doing things. I'd, I'd cite one great example, uh, not just Blue Blazes. There's also a manga out there by his wife, uh, Moyoko Ano, who is a manga artist. It's called Insufficient Direction. It also got mm -hmm. a anime adaptation which is kind of a semi-biographical, semi like, comical take on her life living with him. And painting this character who's very much kind of a man-child almost. Like, this guy <laughs> who, you know, there, there's a part in that, that manga that jokes about um, he was a big fan of Kamen Rider Fies that was airing to the point where he bought the deluxe Fies driver so d upset that it didn't fit him and then bandai managed to get him like the adult size special edition fives gear um <laughs> or about how he went out like on their anniversary and and it's like there's there's like this little thing and again this is a manga you don't know how much of this is real how much of it is not but it's, yeah. it's painting obviously this very much the otaku that he kind of always pokes fun yeah. at he's got that in him of oh we were at this bar there are all these people there, and there was this one guy chatting at the counter. And then when we as we got home, director son started crying. Oh my god, I can't believe it! That was Kishida's actor from Return of Ultraman! You knew! This was the best <laughs> anniversary ever! I love you! Um, <laughs> and it's, so I get this vibe that Anno... He's one of a kind. And I, I'd say this yeah. is really the starting grounds of somebody who went through a lot. 
who went through a lot of depression, who went through a lot of cynicism, but I think really is just somebody who is so unique, and I love what he does. It doesn't always fire yeah. off on all cylinders, but even then, it's like yeah. you can tell what he's doing is great. And when he's at his A game, I'm like, heck yeah. So I, I myself, you know, I've been waiting for years. I have known that since Anno is such a huge Ultraman fan, and like it's it's night and day, Ultra uh, Evangelion, there's not only references in that in the original series, but you look at Rebuild, there are countless nods and homages to the show era of Ultra to the point where Misato's cell phone uh, ringtone in some of the films, I believe, is one of the sound effects either from the SSSP or... Yeah, it is. It's one of the sound effects, like... The Ghidorah? Uh, yeah, that... Like... I think that's <laughs> yeah. actually, in and of itself, is an Ultraman homage. Yeah. Um, like, they're all over the place, so I am over the moon that Shin Ultraman is happening, and... I am so ready for that because I think it's going to be one of a kind with him and Shinji Higuchi being together because Higuchi obviously is a is a pro at uh, kaiju movies. So like he was, yeah, yeah was he's great. he's he's so good. The Gamera uh, Heisei Trilogy, like some of my favorite movies again of the '90s. Some of my favorite movies in general, like those are flicks that I can watch time and again. So I think having him and Anno on that for Shin Godzilla was a one-two punch. I think they're going to knock it out of the park with, park with Shin Ultraman, and I'm really hoping they do. I am so excited yeah, for that. And this true just, dream team. Yeah, and this yeah. just shows yeah. that this is going to be coming from a place of passion. Because, again, you're looking at a guy who, from the beginning, was dead set on doing something great. And I'm really just... It's amazing to see how far he's come as a person, as, an, as a director, as a personality. Like... It's amazing, and it's just so cool to see somebody grow so much. Yeah. My uh, my take on Anno, uh, you know, I I obviously watched Evangelion at a tender young age on Adult Swim when it was airing. Uh, people a little bit older than us probably watched it uh, on VHS tapes mm. by ADV. Uh, but I, I was there watching it on Adult Swim. Apparently also aired on just regular Toonami at Once. one point, but only two episodes yeah. of it. Yeah, it like two episodes edited. of it. Yeah, yeah. And th that's where, like, I've heard people talk about this on podcasts, and this is something that I'm going to complain about here. And uh, people saying, like, oh, yeah, they aired the first two episodes because that's, like, when it was kind of like a normal mecha show. And I'm like, how long has it been since you watched the series where you think those first two episodes are normal? You know, maybe they're more normal than, like, the later episodes. But they definitely show the hand a bit that this show is very weird. Uh, and that the show is going to get, like, dark and violent. Though, I mean, I think the darkness that evangelion gets into later is more than just violence like i don't think it's just the blood i think it's the the subject matters that it talks about like, yeah that's what's yeah more important about it than like it being gory or whatever uh but even though like i'll say that uh end of evangelion has some actually disturbing violence to somebody who like is usually not very disturbed mm -hmm. by violence uh Either way, one thing that I've always uh, or have recently started to think about Arno, because I've always liked that. I'm like, yeah, he's just like a auteur creator guy, and he's maybe a rough around the edges 
uh, and but he had like a really hard time in the late '90s and uh, early 2000s with depression. Uh, so I, I I tended to just be like, yeah, well maybe he wouldn't be the greatest guy to like meet in person, and maybe he is a little bit resentful for his uh, fame. And then uh, the first rebuild movie does feel like kind of coasting for sure because it is like pretty much just a one-to-one recreation of the first six episodes. Um, but uh, as of recently, uh, listening to people who were inspired by Anno started to make me appreciate him a lot more, and th- this is going to get a little bit fanboyish, so I apologize. But uh, the creator of OKKO, uh, Ian Jones Cordy, said that one of his OKKO Cartoon Network show, by the way, uh, <laughs> he is hugely inspired by Evangelion and by Anno because the way that the show and everything that he does plays with tone in the sense that like it will start with something that's like either really cool and then twist it into something that's like shatteringly depressing uh and you can probably see that most starkly with like the end of rebuild 2 and the beginning of rebuild 3 uh which are like oh the fallout of that cool thing that happened is something really bad um or like he'll start with something that seems silly and then twist it into something that's like this thought-provoking or like serious thing so things that are traditionally seen as uh silly or like childish like ultraman or godzilla uh taking those and kind of like recontextualizing these goofier frivolous things into like the serious melodrama uh is kind of what he's great at and that's that's what uh you know they took a lot of that into a show like OKKO where that's like a very silly very cartoony show uh but it eventually starts to like incorporate using these things that are silly like it it has a parody of like the the dark edgy alter ego but then it starts to use that as a serious discussion about mental illness and anger issues and things like that um i think that watching things that were inspired like anything in general with art if you watch what people took from it it can help you appreciate uh what the original brought to the table uh and even like things that are inspired by something but didn't take the right things from it can help you appreciate what that thing did right yeah so there's a ton mm-hmm. of anime <laughs> that were uh borrowing <laughs> very color. heavily from yeah <laughs> borrowing very heavily from uh evangelion and maybe didn't fully understand exactly what made that show click with the modern zeitgeist so you can really like find what's missing there you know it's kind of uh maybe just because i've been on a resident evil kick recently playing the games uh but like it's something like you know you play the first resident evil and then you play deep fear and then you can tell like (laughs) what did deep fear do wrong compared to (laughs) the original resident evil that makes it kind of like this is fine this doesn't work as well or even to a lesser extent like dino crisis even if the you know the first game I still think it's pretty good, uh, but it's it didn't lead itself to creating a huge franchise that has kept the gamer's attention for decades. Uh, so 
I think, or, or the uh, a ton of indie games that like we want to make it like Earthbound, but they just stop at oh, it's a weird RPG, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. It's, Whereas yeah. like some something like Undertale isn't actually really an RPG. Uh, it's just like a, a adventure game wearing RPG skin, and it does it taps into what makes Earthbound and more specifically Mother Three work far better than like something like Y2K. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or, or, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, or or Dragon Quest and like a lot of RPG, just uh, so many um, RPG, yeah. especially on <laughs> the Famicom, especially on the oh, Famicom yeah. too. Those uh, Dragon Quest clones. Yikes, man! <laughs> well, it's, it's but, even uh, like it's even like you mentioned about um, you know people taking the wrong inspiration. It, it, you, you can even look at that with like kaiju films, especially, or even mm-hmm. like you know there was like the obviously the kaiju boom or the the tokusatsu boom, um, or even you know one of the other big influences. Like you look at stuff like Gundam and how there was like the massive everybody tried to make another Gundam after a while in the the mid eighties. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I I totally agree there. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think what I don't know, like Ano is such a uh, an eclectic figure and has like such a specific vision, but the vision is not he himself took so much from things in the past, you know, and, and then continues to pay it forward with people, uh, you know, being very much inspired by him. And they're not all perfect, uh, you know. We get Razafan. Another weird shit like that, but we do get, you know, we get weird things where it's like you wouldn't have ever expected unless maybe it was told to you that OKKO was inspired by Evangelion. But if you know that, you can watch it and be like, oh, this is what they took. This is what they thought was important. Uh, so you can see Anna doing that with Return of Ultraman being like, what did he really like? about that series that really clicked with him that made it uh one of his favorites uh and those bits of the aesthetic and like even if the tone isn't 100 percent right and it kind of like mixes and matches things from different series uh, and it doesn't have the full budget to like go completely all in uh they prioritize the things that they think really matter to that storytelling and are able to make this amazing art with it uh whereas then you know like i said before you get something like red man where it just feels like super <laughs> was like i don't know i don't know here's the the abyssal wasteland where all of our dirty filthy beaten up monster suits are going to be fighting in a desert you know hiding in, the in red man is still my favorite quote on the ultraman <laughs> <laughs> pigman uh pigmon goes to uh goes to purgatory and uh yeah uh, <laughs> yeah pig, pig pigman go, goes to hell and gets killed by <laughs> yeah yeah he runs vengeful demon he runs for his life and and cannot get away because death because death runs faster um <laughs> it's... but yeah that yeah we, green we did uh by the way uh probably didn't listen to it but Lou, we did a Green Man, Red Man Christmas special. Oh, gosh. So we talked about both of them. Like, I was thinking, like, we got to talk about Green Man at some point, because that's a Toho I, I helped sub that. And then I thought, oh, really? I helped sub Green <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, huh. uh, uh, that was Lou. one of my first things that I worked on. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. Brought that up in the yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I brought that up in the episode. Lou is the friend that was streaming Green Man, and that's where I first discovered Green Man. Green was yeah. was from was was from a live sub back in uh, was from a uh, it was from a live stream back in the Tumblr days. Oh god, uh, that, yeah. that show is legit. That show was legit, like really funny and good i'll never get i'll never get over the final episode of that literally just being the guy one of the the henchman monster in the suit gets kicked over and it's just a bunch of children literally just kicking the crap out (laughs) of this guy in the suit yeah Yeah, satan satan just stands still for the entire like final battle and stuff i compared it to the scene from kung pao enter the fist where they they all go up to betty and start like kicking him in the balls <laughs> and he just keep, it's like deflecting all of his balls and like knocks them off <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah green man rules red red man rules in its own weird way uh it's 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 very easy to watch because it's like two minute episodes uh yeah and every single one of them has some bit of like existentialism and, you, know, like, <laughs> you get to see you get to see your favorite ultra monsters a filthy <laughs> disgusting cheap suits fighting so yeah you know, but yeah th- so that that being said like this is so good the return of ultraman i don't think it is so well done so well executed and yeah all, all of its faults actually complement the good stuff like yeah, I said the really, really, truly great stuff that they do, uh, and ends up like making it such an easy thing to have watched through and talk about, and yeah, you can really uh, <laughs> like you can see that this guy would go on to to make something like Gunbuster, uh, which is, in my opinion, his best work. Uh, but yeah. You know, maybe yeah, you should watch. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do like a mini series on Gunbuster. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got ideas Go for for mini series. Oh, Pat Labor, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, yeah, get, on, yeah. I gotta get on rewatching Pat Labor. I've got those Blu-rays. I got that Blu-ray set for Christmas. Oh yeah, years back. that's like sitting the, uh, on the shelf. I said this on Twitter earlier, but the Godzilla episode of Pat Labor. There's a Godzilla parody episode that's just like one to one, just the original Godzilla. Uh, one of the best episodes of any anime that will, will ever or has ever been made. So <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like episode four or five, I believe. But it, 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 I was on the floor laughing. It is so good. Uh, but I think that's that's going to do it. I think that uh, we're all done with that, uh, with our discussion. It's been fun. But Lou, why don't you plug yourself tell us where we can find you and, and maybe like what you're working on as far as fan subbing goes Cer- or, or other personal projects certainly um you can find me primarily on twitter over at strongest underscore human um you can also find links to some of my stuff there uh in terms of fans of subtitling work um slowly 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 working my way through um uh working on juco b fighter which has been a, a dream project of mine awesome. to work on and uh, Tokso Robo Jan person, which I know a lot of people love, I myself included. <laughs> um, uh, not much else, really. Um, if if things come along, I'm I'd always be happy to work on them. But um, I definitely do. You know, this this does come to mind that I am actually watching a lot of Ultraman soon. So stay tuned for that. And mm. uh, as the t- as of the time of this recording, a lot of uh, local nerd lit works on uh, reading through One Piece because God help me. Um, 
And <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. yeah, I've just so that's where you can mainly find me. And um yeah, that's really what I got to plug for now. <laughs> yeah, and you've been yeah, it's been a it's been great having you on. You are the third guest we've recorded with, but the first chronologically that's going to be on the timeline because we <laughs> record a lot of episodes way ahead of time, but since this is the April April Fools episode, uh, it's actually going to be released pretty soon. I, I'm so, number one. I'm uh, the fool. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're tech. You are technically the first. Though we, the next episode, uh, after the one that we just released, which is War That Gargantuas, will be our first guest that we recorded with Joey Weiser. Oh, nice. Um, Joey's oh. a rat dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. Great comic artist. We also did episodes with Casey, a.k.a. Manowski. Oh, uh, uh, who lives right near me. Oh, wow. Yeah, we hung out in real life. <laughs> like, we're right in the same area. That's <laughs> sick. Yeah, no, Casey's a there wonderful go, dude. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, so got some good guests. And, and if you have any ideas for, for guests message us because i'm always looking for ideas mm -hmm. we got a couple more planned uh that i won't say here just yeah. not to jinx it Certainly. Uh, yeah but, yeah if these yeah. if these guests work out they're pretty fucking cool guests so uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but um yeah, definitely and i'm definitely gonna have Nikki. to uh i've got my uh show godzilla set that i've still got in my room here so i'm gonna yeah. definitely need to pop that in sometime soon because i've been ha i've been having a bit of a hankering for it oh oh yeah you know what some of the movies we were very shocked to learn how much we enjoy some of the movies that we've yeah. been going through, like specifically Ebira mm -hmm. or the deep and like uh all out attack or all monsters attack was like, we're two big ones. We're like, wow, these are actually pretty good movies. So I say go in with an open mind with that criterion set and check them out. Oh, I yeah. sure will. Uh, Singularity Point in particular, uh, the way that's coming up has gotten me really ooh, wanting yeah. to also watch Versus Megalon just because of the, the return of our beloved oh, yeah. child Jet Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, um, that, that, yeah. That big old chunky wide Jet Jaguar. Yeah. He, he I want to get. Mother never wanna... really loved him. Um... <laughs> I definitely want to get somebody that's like into wrestling for the Megalon episode if I can. Oh, hey. Hopefully, yeah. Steve Yurko. Steve, I want him on. Steve Yurko, you're being challenged. Come on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> come and come and come and discuss some monsters. Like it, cause it, cause are you cutting his, a promo? Like he's on Steve podcast. Yurko? I am cutting yeah. a promo. I'm cutting a promo. <laughs> but yeah, we, Nikki, why don't you tell us where we can? Yeah, find you and so, what you're doing, and and what can we get as far as the Patreon goes, and all and all that happy crap. Yeah, so uh, at anti underscore laser is my Twitter, and uh, you can see me. Uh, uh complain or talk about uh <laughs> you see me complain about the government and then talk about shin megami tensei i guess is like the kick i'm on recently <laughs> and um yeah. uh complain about the fact that that nocturne got an announcement of the release date like right as i started <laughs> the game so i'm just like well yep. maybe i should just wait but uh uh other than that, you know, uh, I've got I've got another podcast called Pod Spirit, which is uh, uh, where I'm going to be talking more about music stuff. I do it with my friend Hazel and a band together, and we we talk about stuff and we get some guests on and stuff. We had a recent Thor High Heels episode uh, where we talked to him about his nice. music and stuff like that. But for Explode When Defeated, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Explode When Defeated and you can get for one dollar. 
uh, access to a exclusive show called Shit Shooters, where me and Wyatt pick three topics each, and we try to get through them all in, in about an hour and a half, and uh, we just shoot the shit and talk about just whatever and stuff. So if you've ever wanted to hear our opinions on, like, uh, my gym partner's a monkey or... <laughs> <laughs> or uh 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 you know uh Rido Kuzanoha or something like that then you know hop on over to that one yeah. um along with that for one dollar you can also get every episode of discuss all monsters as it comes out uh one day early without ads and uh then for five dollars you get exclusive you, you get uh access to on top of those things uh exclusive mini series that we do uh Right now, we are doing a watch-through of the original Kamen Rider series from 1971. We are, like, halfway through? I think we're a about... Yeah, a little yeah we're about, about it's a, 60 episodes in. Uh, it's a long journey. So you're into the... You're into the uh, high, yeah. You're into the Ichimonji stuff then. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hongo just came back. Actually, that's that's where we're at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so you're at the New Year's episode. Yeah, yeah. Hong, Hongo came yeah, back. We. we uh, nice. I love uh, that uh, one. What the hell? What, what was his name? Commander Hell or Emperor Hell? Whatever. Uh, whatever Ambassador Hell. Name. Ambassador Did, Hell. Yeah. Ambassador. <laughs> yeah. He just. Yeah. I up. love him. Uh, yeah. He's... Yeah. Very awesome. Silly <laughs> yeah. looking weird cockroach man. Uh, but yeah, that that's been a good time. We all we did a a couple uh bonus episodes as well of other things like Transformers. Uh, we talked about the. Our first podcast we ever recorded was about Transformers the movie, the original. And then I'm doing a separate series whenever I can, recording episodes of a thing called Robots in Disgust, where me and a friend, uh, Cody Briscoe, watched through all of the episode, all of the Michael Bay Transformers movies and do the same treatment to them. Uh, it's far snarkier far more bitter <laughs> than what we're doing here but it's fun uh, so even if we're talking about absolutely terrible movies uh yeah it's a good time. so check those out yeah uh, and we have uh we have other upcoming ideas and stuff like i think uh we've had ideas for planet of the apes and robocop and stuff just we're, we just want to talk about weird movies and talk about and and, and you know just yeah. indulge in dumb nerd kind of cult stuff or whatever and uh and then if you're mm -hmm. rich um, I have a uh, not-so-jokey uh, $1,000 tier where you get nothing on else on top of the $5 tier except for the fact that I will call you Boss Hog at the end of every episode. <laughs> and uh, since you're so rich and everything, you won't mind that it's $1,000 and stuff. It's just, you know, it's just skimming yeah. off the top. So just, you know, so if you need, if you need to launder some money... Just throw it, throw it over at the Patreon for Disclosed when de defeated. We'll take a thousand <laughs> off your hands and, uh, you know, get yeah, get into it. I'll call yeah. you Boss Hog. Just got your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use Boy, your... howdy, that is a humdinger of a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your use your stimmy and get one month of, of Boss Hog access. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that's it for those things. Wyatt, what do you have to sell people? <laughs> All right. I'm Wazbranger, W-A-Z-P Ranger on Twitter.com. I post about cartoons a lot and video games currently playing through all the Resident Evil games. So if you want to see me bitch about the minutia of character designs, like why the remake versions of G are not as cool as the original, uh, then go on 
Twitter and follow me there. Or if you want to hear me lose my mind and talk about rediscovering shows like My Gym Partner's a Monkey and Camp Laszlo and being like, hmm, My Gym Partner's a Monkey is occasionally actually good, good kind of good. <laughs> I've seen you. I've, you know? I've been following your experiences with that. I'm like, fam, you okay? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. I love, I love, <laughs> I love the amount of hesitation in his voice when he said it's kind of okay. Uh, or yeah, because like, I, I can't. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like fifty percent of the t- like no seventy five percent of the time it's like unbearably annoying, but then like twenty five percent of the time it's like this is pretty funny, but it's overall a pretty like kind of soulless Gen Xy <laughs> like we don't give a fuck fuck you for caring kind of show. Uh, but Camp Laszlo, I think, is an actually hidden gem. Like I think that that's a show that got underappreciated uh in its time and and i really do enjoy the joe murray shows like it and rocco and the rocco movie that came out recently was very good so uh camp laszlo may not have as big of a pedigree as rocco's modern life i mean it didn't lead to spongebob being created but it did lead to like flapjack being created on cartoon network you know jg quintel and throw van orman uh, began on that show. Anyway, I'm <laughs> getting off topic. Um, <laughs> but if you want to hear me talk about cartoons more, go to my YouTube channel, It's Only Magic, and I talk a shit ton about cartoons. Right now, I'm currently... I should have been released by now, but I, I'm at the time recording, I'm working on a video about Tiny Toon Adventures, uh, which I think is, like, underrated compared to Animaniacs. I want to talk about it because the Animaniacs reboot just came out, finally, and it made me be like, I think Tiny Toons is still worth watching. So I've been, made a good video about that. I'm almost done with it, so it should be up at the time that you are hearing this. Yeah, that, yeah, that's getting a reboot, and they're putting it on HBO Max. The Hulu has Animaniacs for some reason, because, like, HBO Max didn't exist at the time that... Uh, that deal was made so like now there's just a weird warner brothers thing that's like isolated on an island in uh hulu for whatever reason uh but yeah so follow my youtube channel other stuff that i've done that's really good is like i made a good 50 minute gurn lock on video about how much that show means to me and i made a video about uh other cartoon network shows that i really enjoyed like mega's xlr uh so if you if you want more of that nerdy gushing about what i truly love uh and trying to put an analytical spin on it check that stuff out anyway that has been this week's episode of discuss all monsters we discussed the monster we discussed hideaki Anno, who isn't a monster <laughs> he's a cool guy you know <laughs> hayao miyazaki is closer to a monster but not you know like you know he's gonna look at this and say quite. i think this podcast is <laughs> but uh but yeah that that'll do it thank you Lou, so much for being a guest for and next time we're going to be i don't know what we're going to be doing next because i can't remember how this lines up but it either will be king kong escapes uh or son of godzilla either one of those two <laughs> so until then catch you guys later Alright. Alright, let me uh, stop the bow up.
Listed into a top secret agency called Guts. You have access to the world's most advanced weapons and technology. Ultraman Tika can't do it alone. He needs your help. 